listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. This weekend we celebrate Pentecost Sunday and it concludes our Easter celebration for the last time until next Easter. You'll hear Deacon Sammy give us the double alleluia at the end of Mass. So don't cut them off. Don't cut them off. And yet last week we concluded the celebration of the Paschal Mysteries with the Ascension of Christ. And now we look to the gift of the Holy Spirit to strengthen us to live the Paschal Mystery, to live it. Because the Christian way is not easy. As Jesus says, it is a narrow gate. It is one that is difficult to live fully. And we refer to ourselves as being on a journey, a journey to God. And at different times in our lives, we see the goodness working within us. At other times, we certainly see our sins and our failures. So today, as we celebrate Pentecost, the sacrament that is most aligned with the celebration that we have today is confirmation. And we have been going through the seven sacraments over the course of our Easter mystagogy. And so today we talk about confirmation and how fitting, and if you would please keep these folks in your prayers, uh, we will have 12 adults being confirmed at our 10.30 a.m. Mass. And we celebrate that beautiful movement in them by the Holy Spirit to come and receive the sacrament in order for them to be what we would say fully initiated into the church. And so confirmation is that full initiation into the church after we're baptized and first communion. And confirmation is not one of those sacraments that's easy to point at in sacred scripture because, you know, like with baptism, we had the great commission where Jesus says to go and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And it's very clear and that's one of the reasons why I mentioned our apostolic church and its understanding is so important because we need a church to interpret sacred scripture for us. And so the heart of the church is the Holy Spirit, we would say, given today in our gospel reading to the apostles, the nascent church that was just beginning. And we think of that beautiful truth that's handed down throughout all the generations, the truth that doesn't change, the capital T something with which we have a problem with today in understanding that there is objective truth about the human person and about the teachings of Christ. But on the sacrament of confirmation, it is prefigured in the Old Testament, just as baptism was in the flood with Noah and with Exodus in the parting of the Red Sea. And it was prefigured in the form of priest, prophet, and kings. And really what it was is a grace and the laying on of hands and the anointings uh, that occurred in the Old Testament. We think of Aaron and the anointing that he received uh, in Exodus. Um, we think of Isaiah uh, as well, and then as prophet, and then as king, King David being anointed as well. And so we think of the prefiguring of this grace that God is to give, and we come to our New Testament, and we know that in Hebrews that it says one of the stages of our sacramental life in the list of things that it talks about is the laying on of hands. And then of course, uh, Philip, Philip the deacon, not Philip the, uh, the apostle, when he went down to Samaria and 
he baptized them, but he called on Peter and John to come down and to lay hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit. So there's a distinction between baptism and confirmation in scripture, and we celebrate that today. And as we think of what does, what does confirmation do? Uh, it is considered a strengthening of the baptismal graces, the general graces of discipleship for a particular mission. I just mentioned the triple munera of Jesus, priest, prophet, and king. Actually, we all have that. We're all called to be priests just in a different way. Uh, I'm a priest sacramentally, but we have the ministerial priesthood, the priesthood of the faithful, where you all exercise it in a particular way, and I exercise it in a particular way with my ordination. So we think of priests, we think of healing, that we're all called to be healers. A mother maybe putting a Band-Aid on a boo-boo, you know, when a child is hurt, you know, or assuaging hurt feelings in teenage years, just as an example. Prophet, teaching, we're all teaching, most importantly by the way we live our lives, uh, but also in, in a formal way whether it's teaching the faith as a religion teacher at St. Pius Elementary School or myself here at the pulpit. And then king, servant leader. We're all called to be servants, but we're also called to lead in our faith. And that way I joke around at baptisms uh, that uh, when we're doing the anointing after baptism as well, uh, that, uh, that, the, that we're called to be servant leaders. Sometimes we don't see it. And that everybody thinks that parents are the head of household, right? Uh, but we all know who really runs the house. It's the children that are being baptized. And so we think of these three things, uh, the triple munera, as we call them, three functions that we have. And our entire Christian life can actually be put into those taking Jesus' commands. But it's not easy. It's not easy. And so we need the strengthening to do the mission that God has called us in a particular way, whether it's a service vocation like marriage and priesthood and diaconate, or whether it's simply how we are living our lives according to the commands that Christ taught us. And so the sacrament of confirmation gives us a strengthening in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which were listed in the book of Isaiah, uh, but are Council, oh, sorry. we start where I can remember them. If I don't do them in order, I'll forget. And so we, we think of um, fortitude, understanding, counsel, knowledge, um, wisdom, and piety. And then the most important is the fear of the Lord. The most important is the fear, reverence for God, understanding our relationship with God. But those gifts of the Holy Spirit are strengthened in confirmation and given to each and every one of us. Now, traditionally, what we've done here at St. Pius and in our diocese is pe people receive confirmation in the 11th grade. It's kind of considered a, a rite of passage from childhood into adulthood, but that's not what the sacrament's for. I mean, it's a good thing in, in one sense, but you take the person who is pre being prepared for the sacrament where they are. So some Places, believe it or not, they do confirmation right after baptism for infants and give them the fullness of grace right there. In the United States, it's been different throughout the years, and each bishop is given, is given the authority, so to speak, to determine what's best for their local 
community. So when I was young, I was actually uh, confirmed in the uh, fifth grade. Bishop would come every other year and he would confirm the fifth graders and the sixth graders. Uh, in some places it's the eighth grade, some places like us, traditionally it would be uh, juniors in high school. Uh, but really in the end, the administration of the sacrament, the timing of it is left to the church, the apostolic church. And in this case, that would be our bishop. And the reason why I mention that is because it's about to change that age of confirmation. The bishop has decided that we're going to move from juniors and have the grace of the sacrament given to our eighth graders, uh, feeling that it is a more opportune time, uh, particularly in this day and age where the strengthening of discipleship is so necessary during those formative years uh, from the age of awakening, so to speak, uh, into adulthood. And so many people have had angst about what are we going to do because at St. Pius we have, I think in the transition, 500 children, 500. And, you know, there are a lot of ways to do it. I was kind of laughing and thinking, hey, maybe we can rent the Cajun Dome and, uh, and have everybody come and do it all at one time. But we also want to properly prepare our children to receive the sacrament. That preparation is important for the sacrament to be most efficacious, to be most effective. And so actually Deacon Sammy, God bless him, put together all of the different options we have. And then he's also put together for you parents out there, uh, an insert in the bulletin this week to kind of see what we're gonna do. Uh, and we're just gonna take one class each semester. And then at the end, due to two classes with the eighth graders in the spring of 2025. And so as I mentioned last week at the masses I had, there are, our juniors are going to be uh, confirmed this fall as opposed to spring, and then the spring we'll do the sophomores, and then in the following spring we'll do the new sophomores, and then we'll do the ninth graders and the eighth graders in the spring of 2025. And that'll keep the classes about the same size so that we can adequately prepare. As I mentioned, having 500 confirmations at one time really wouldn't be that much of a problem, but the problem would be in being able to give the individual attention to each candidate uh, in preparation. And that's where it becomes uh, difficult. And so we don't want to lose that. We're a big parish. So preparing a hundred at a time has its challenges. Uh, for example, when I was at St. Landry, it was 25. And so we could, it was a fine number for the parish, but you could be more individual about the preparation, making sure our children were well taken care of. In this case, we were already at a hundred, right? And, uh, and we do the best we can, and it works well, I think. Uh, but at the same time, trying to prepare 500 at one time, that would be something that I don't think would be most advantageous. And so we're gonna do it over two years. A couple of things I just wanna mention, if you would, you can take this with you when you go, go home. For those of you who have children, really, any time through, at, going to be in the uh, eighth grade in 2024, five, upward, to uh, anybody who's gonna be in high school during that time, and it will give dates and, and some of the preparatory things that you might want to know in advance. Uh, but also that we'll try to make it as user-friendly as possible. If we have two children being confirmed back-to-back, -back, maybe we can put them into one class, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, and so we're, we're moving forward. And I know that other parishes are going to do it differently. Like, for example, when I was at St. Landry, if we had to confirm 100, we had a big church, we would have probably prepared them and broken them in the groups for preparation for age-appropriate prep, and then gone ahead and just done it. Uh, we can't do that 
So other parishes in town are going to do it the way they think is best. I understand that and I know that. Uh, but we're going to do it this way in an orderly way over two years. The bishop came this year for confirmations. When he comes back in two years, uh, he'll be doing a normal class for the pace going forward. In other words, he'll do the eighth graders in the spring of 2025. Uh, but I, I guess I'm trying to forestall a lot of questions uh, to Father Brady about Our Lady of Wisdom is doing this, or Fatima is doing that, or Cathedral is doing that, and Holy Cross. And we've made the decision that's the best for St. Pius, and we hope that the transition runs smoothly and we'll be able to move forward in the administration of this beautiful sacrament. Today, in the celebration of Pentecost, we pray that as we've talked about all throughout the Easter season, that Lent is great. Lent is a time for reflection and a rigorous self-assessment. Easter is the time for growth. We grow both in the sacraments that maybe the adults receive today, and we hopefully are renewed in the memory of the reception of this that we have if we've already been confirmed. But we pray that we are able to take the graces of the Holy Spirit. Remember that he's always with us. He was sent for our benefit as an advocate and that we have the new growth of Easter. Lent was just paring back the bad. Now we want to grow the good. Now we want to grow closer to Christ. Now we want to be able to take this time, the time being now, to allow Easter to really work within us, to grow in our faith, to grow in our hope, to grow in our charity, to do the things we've always said that we need to do, but maybe just didn't have the time or put in the back. Where's the Holy Spirit clawing at us to grow in Christ? And let's make an effort with the power of the Holy Spirit to live in that growth, to get closer to Christ and to follow him into eternal life, the celebration we had last week in the Ascension. God's love for us has shown what we celebrated in Lent and Easter and now Pentecost. He's done everything for us. Now it's time for us to let him work within us so that we ourselves are able to experience the same beauty of the resurrection and the eternal life that God promises 